Welcome to Down in the Den. I'm your host, Mars, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited today because I have a special guest. I love highlighting artists and content creators. So please welcome to the den, indie author, comic, manga writer, and YouTube reviewer, Antonio Tony Cooper. And he's also owner of Dark Sand Oasis Productions. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Hello? Tony, 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 welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yourself? Very good. Happy days to you, brother. Welcome to the den. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, I had to make sure I, I set three alarms just so I can make sure I'll be see here this time. I appreciate you. Yeah, we, we had a little technical issue with the uh, time zones, but I, I'm glad to have you. I am glad to have you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So, so, so let's get it started. So you're a man of many, many hats. Whenever we, we have the most illustrious guests, whenever we have those guests on, always do my research. And you're a man of many hats. You're an indie author. You're a comic book and manga writer. I love that. YouTube reviewer, and you're the owner of Dark Sand Oasis Productions. So a man of many hats. For those who do not know you or who are unfamiliar with your work, just kind of tell us about how you got started and, and your and the many passions that you have. Well, I mean, it all started out about like 10 years ago when I was still in high school. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop games. And I, you know, I just loved it. Eventually started running the games myself, basically did that for 12, 16 hour sessions with dozens of groups. And as time went on, you know, I had to grow up a little bit, got full-time work, 16 hours. And eventually I had to drop those hobbies. And one day I got to, you know, thinking after a move, I was like, I have a bunch of good stories. Like I love those times. And even when I talk to some of the old players, we reminisce. And I was like, I want to share some of these stories or at least the world that we all had worked together to make a fun environment to the rest of the world. So one month in uh, November during NaNoWriMo, uh, which is National Writers Month, I was like, you know what, let's take on the challenge and see where we end up. And ever since then, you know, I've connected with different writer and artist communities in Arizona and Utah and just been grinding away ever since. Awesome. Now, so your personal writing, is it just experience? Is it from your just your life experiences or do you have a someone that inspired you? Do you have a, you know, everybody usually in whatever art form has their muse. Is, is it just straight off the off the dome just from your life experiences, or do you have a particular uh, inspiration when it comes to your personal writing? So for my personal writing, I, I, this is going to sound super weird, and you're probably not going to find that many authors that have this kind of mindset, but I was born and raised in Mississippi, and, and we did not put an emphasis on writing and reading. Uh, so until like I was 20, I had never read a book from front wow. to back. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I never really had that option to really get invested in books and find those creators. But ever since then, um, I love what um, uh, what is it uh, Martin did with the Game of Thrones. Currently on the second book, watch the series. Yes. Uh, yes, love, love what um, Joe Abercrombie does with his um, yes. with his a little hatred and all that. The way he switches perspectives. Uh, but from an art standpoint, um, I was huge into anime. Had a bunch of shows that I admired, but the one that stands out above all would be Berserk. 
Um, but as far as my writing, I mean, it's just, you know, I already had, I created the world from D and D and, you know, uh, that's where I pull most of the inspirations from Use some of the non-player characters and their stories and their lives. And that kind of feeds into everything else. Wow. So you're like the guy that, uh, like Tim Duncan who swam until he was 18 years old. And then someone says, Hey, you're kind of tall. You want to pick up a basketball and then you become the greatest <laughs> power forward of all time. And it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It is, and it's all different, you know, depending on the region you grew up. I grew up on the East coast in Virginia and okay. they really were, you know, books, books. We, we would have these book contests where you read so many books over the summer and, me being a former fat boy, they would bribe you with personal pan pizzas. <laughs> so I was reading as many books as possible simply for personal pan pizza. I'm like, if pepperoni is involved, I'm, I'm in. I'm in, absolutely. So that that's awesome. Now, you're in the you're indie author. What would you say is the most difficult thing about breaking into the industry as, as an indie author? Um... Honestly, just getting work created, um, that, that is honestly probably the hardest thing um, because like even when I started, the original works that I've started, um, they're sitting at alpha edits and basically I've had to jump from project to project, you know, find different techniques because um, like even as a young author, I realized like I'm not to the point where I can do the original stories justice. So then I work on different formats and different lengths until I can find something that says, okay, th this, my skill level right now is justified in this writing and will give the consumer the best product that I can produce. And I'm going to put everything on the back burner. So that's probably one of the, the hardest things is people think that, you know, maybe hey, I can write a book. I mean, yeah, you can put some words on a page, but just because I wrote 90,000 words don't mean it's a good book. Now I got to go back and learn to edit, revise. So there's hundreds to thousands of hours that go into every book. And I know there's authors out there that can literally pump out, you know, a book a month, but most of the time they're working off a format. They're working off a template that they have perfected over a course of many years. So sure. that's the hardest thing. Yeah. And you see uh, George R. R. Martin, he's been writing this last book. I, I think I was 10 when he started and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I'm middle aged now. So uh, absolutely. Now, on the flip side of that, as an indie author, what are some of the pros or some of the benefits you feel as being an indie author? Because there's always a flip side on everything. So the, the thing about being an indie author is if you treat the indie community, whether it's novels, comics, manga, as a business, you have a lot of flexibility and you have a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money because if you go sign with a publisher, well, you're probably going to need an agent. You're probably going to have to deal with a lot of rejection notices and that agent is going to take a cut of whatever deal you get pretty much. And then the publishing house is going to get their cut. So instead of me having to deal with all those people, and if they publish on Amazon, guess what? Amazon's got to take their cut too. So instead of having to take my royalties and split it three to four different ways, you know, I got to upfront some of the costs for an editor, cover artist, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, all I got to do is split the profits or pay a fee on the platform that I'm selling it. And I have basically a lot more returns based on those sales. And also, I don't have. Uh, to basically bend the knee to a publishing house. If I want to tell a certain type of story, 
I don't have to worry about that. Because uh, I know some people in Virginia uh, who had been working with local publishers, and I'm not going to mention any names, but one of the bigger publishers uh, in the country, and they sent over the most disgusting cover. I mean, just low quality. It wasn't anything graphic, just low quality. And it was something that the author, like, they could say, hey, I don't like this, but at the end of the day, the publishing house was the one that gets to say. And I don't like taking that control out of my words. Absolutely. So, Dimmates, this is a valuable lesson. These series I've been doing recently with content creators, writers, authors, independent filmmakers. One thing that's been consistent, you guys have all said the same thing, and it makes sense. Independence is the way. There's so many methods to get your stuff out there. It's not the 80s where you had to go to one publishing house or you had to go to one uh, uh, record label or, or what you can do things yourself with very little money uh, and just a little bit of time, know-how. So absolutely, the independence, I've always felt this way. And you know what? You may not sell a million copies, but your profit split, you'll make as much as, you know, sell 100,000, you make as much as you would have sold a million. So it makes sense, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the truth. Like, I'm not going to bash anyone for going traditionally published, but, I mean... The mo- the, a lot of the reasons why I hear people still go traditional is they want to feel validated. I've literally had an artist say, I want to get traditionally published because they feel that there's some form of validation. So for any of the creators out there, I want to tell you this. If you get something published ready, like I'm talking, I'm not talking about like alpha draft and just throwing out to the public. I'm talking about get a good solid product out there. And when you publish it, you are a published author. You are no less of an author, creator, whatever, than someone who is traditionally published. You've worked hard for it. Do not take that victory away and then basically put a crown on somebody else's head waiting for them to give it back to you and say, hey, you finally did it. That's actual and factual. And, and as I always say, no one can impact your self-esteem itself. So make sure you're happy with self, happy with your product, do the work do the research and and I think you'll definitely get those rewards. Now, um what do you think? I know you mentioned like a lot of your work is uh your D&D based, so you're like the modern day stranger things. Um what do you think is the aspect of your work that helps make it stand out from the others in the pack? Well, what I think that helps my content stand out is I focus more on realistic consequences. So in my stories, I pride myself on when I'm writing it that there is no safety net and I minimize pot armor as much as possible. So you don't have a situation where you're like Game of Thrones season eight, where everyone's just the power of friendship and regardless of the odds that they're coming up against. If the characters in my story do not prepare, there will be consequences for it, whether it's death whether it's trauma, whether it's a disability or a uh, debilitation, you will walk away with some type of punishment at the end of the day if you did not handle the situations in a certain way. Because at the end of the day, if you get into a a life or death situation, a fight with somebody, the power of friendship ain't going to help you in real life. So why should it play a factor into stories when it takes a lot of the, the tension and, and earned value out of all these stories where at the end of the day, how did, why did you win the fight with the major villain? Oh, well, that's because me and Jim bonded really well. 
And that gave me the strength to overcome everything. Absolutely. And and I think that's one thing why you, you look at the modernist a great uh scene for uh comic books, superhero content, things of that nature. I always say the nerds of the eighties and nineties, we now reign supreme today. But mm-hmm. I, I agree, I hate plot armor. I hate when you know it's one of the reasons I, I've never been a fan of Superman, because if you can't defeat this guy without a magical rock, there's really no there's no attraction to the character because I, I'm not drawn in. So absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now, uh, what's one, before we get to the fun part, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone trying to enter the industry or, or maybe intimidated or entering the industry um, for the first time, or maybe even have entered failed and thinking about going again, what would be <laughs> a piece of advice you 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 would give to someone. Oh, this is like a twenty minute question right here. Um, so I'm specifically going to target this one at the comic, manga, manhwa, and webtoon community um, because that's the main thing I'm focused on right now. And from an artist perspective, you need to treat art like a business. If you treat it like a hobby, you will probably never be able to make a living off of it because the thing about it is when you want to start looking at commercial level like work you need a contract if you're doing private work like commissions using other people's OCs and stuff like that I know the community doesn't make a big deal of it but there are legal ramifications if you are using someone's OC and not and not getting permission so I know like there is a buddy of mine in Virginia the NFL, he paid $15 for a license on all their teams to make basically custom work. So just ask the OC owner, hey, can I use your character for print or whatever? They may charge you a little fee, but you're going to have the security at that company never coming back at you and saying, hey, you now owe us money because you stole our OC. And do not be afraid of contracts. Contracts are your friend. They are not fun conversations to have. But if you want to do it professionally and make a living off of it, it is a fundamental requirement that you do it or else you're asking to get your feelings and money hurt in the long run. Because all it takes is one bad client or one bad uh, piece of commission work to be done. And you can find yourself in a legal room with a lawyer. And I promise you, lawyers are expensive. I just had one look at my a contract for a French translator that cost me five hundred dollars to get him to review the document and let me know, hey, is this secure enough for me to sign? Same thing with the uh, contract template I use, $800 to get that done. But I know that my works and my efforts are, you know, secure. I don't got to worry about somebody coming back and saying, oh, well, because this one little paragraph you didn't have, well, now your works aren't yours, you know? Absolutely. And you invest in yourself. My dad always told me, pay a little now or pay a lot later, but nothing's free. So absolutely. I, that's excellent advice. If this is your goal to make it your business, if this is your goal to live your love as your career, invest in yourself, treat it like a business, respect it like a business, and you'll get business results. If you treat it like a hobby, You'll get a hobby result. I'm, I'm a I'm a hobby uh, chess player and I suck at it, so it it, it makes sense. It makes sense. So uh, <laughs> I can promise you could beat awesome. me any day of the week. 
It, you know what? We'll probably draw. You could probably just stand there and draw. I looked at a Queen's Gambit, and I said, "Wow, these people are uh, amazing." But uh, not so much on on this side. So uh, this is the fun part of the interview that that we do. Uh, and, and thank you so much again, Tony. Uh, th- this is awesome. You've been great. So we're gonna do word association. I'm gonna give you ten words, oh. ten random words, and either tell me the first phrase thing or if you even have a comment about it whatever comes to your mind and i'm going to give you five seconds for your answer (laughs) oh this sounds just like a quiz i had to do so so this is the pressure on you if you need to take a sip of water uh or a a sip of uh you know hen dog (laughs) pat blue ribbon whatever you need let me know, and we're going to start. It's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. All right, all right. I'm I'm mentally ready to shotgun this. All right, let's go. Let's go. So there's going to be 10 words. Some are going to be about the industry, some about anything, but whatever. Here we go. All right, number one, marble. Clock starts now. Trash. Number two, DC. Even bigger trash. (laughs) Number three, Manga. Love it. Number four, anime. The future. Number five, YouTube. Necessary. Number six, Tezuka Asamu. Confusion. (laughs) Number seven, Cowboy Bebop. Classic. Number eight, content creation. Work. Number nine, independence. Freedom. Number 10, future. Money. Perfect. That's 10 and 10. Thank you. Round of applause Ooh. for everyone. We'll add that in post. Oh, Cody. You, you had me worried. You had me worried with those <laughs> first two. It was easy, right? It's, it's, it's like getting a little vaccination. It, did, it didn't hurt at all. You know, you might experience something tomorrow, but you're fine. Oh. I'm gonna have all the Marvel DC people coming at me tomorrow. <laughs> it, you know what? If they if they listen to the show, uh, they're probably gonna come for you. But it's okay. It's okay. I, I I love it. We like we like all of the comic uh, fan, not just the big two. We like everyone. So, with that being said, you survived the den. Mm. Tell the people what you have uh, going on, where they can find you, uh, your Twitter handles, your Instagram handles. The floors. Awesome. So this was super, super fun. Right now, I'm still producing Devil's Deal on a weekly basis on Webtoons and Tapas. They are absolutely free to read for everyone. And the awesome news is I just set up a website that will be hosting not only the Devil's Deal, but it has a link for pretty much all the major works. It has a form. It has a blog post, so you can basically keep up with everything we're doing. And we also now open a support tab, so you can come get a subscription service to either support us, get access to work in progress. We're working on getting a storefront for digital and physical goods set up. And you can find that at dsoprod.com. And that'll take you to our major website. We'd love to hear from you. And an exclusive little drop here is we have this amazing new series called the night of slaughter that's going to be coming out later this year probably third or fourth quarter 
and it's going to follow a young girl named Veronica as she grows up and tries to obtain her wish at becoming a holy knight in her divine father's care. So you're going to get to see all of her struggles and see exactly how how life is a little bit different than the stories that she grew up on in terms of what do knights do? How do they behave? What are the expectations from them? So it's going to be, once again, dark fantasy is all our works here. And Dark Deku Lord will take you to pretty much all our social media handles on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But we're definitely trying to build up that TikTok right now. So you can see me act, making a fool of myself at Dark Deku Lord. <laughs> Hey, I, I think you won't survive in this industry if you don't do a TikTok. I, I, I feel like it's just a matter of time before I'm uh, doing the Savage or whatever they're doing now. So I, I feel you. Well, Tony, once again, thank you, you guys. Dem Mates, it's been an awesome interview. Please check them out on all of those uh, places, all of those locations for all my MMA man, yeah, uh, fans. I've checked it out. His work is legit. And uh, sir, thank you. And uh, whenever you got something else you want to promote, you got me. Call me. You're always welcome here at the den. All right. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you hosting. It's been an absolute pleasure. Indeed. It's a pleasure and an honor. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Later. Right, bye-bye. Well, that was a fantastic episode. Really got some great information. Uh, so I want everyone to check them out again. That That was awesome. Uh, so that's it for today's episode. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably Friday or Saturday with the series finale review of WandaVision. And uh, like I said, check us out on uh, Mars Entertainment. That's M-A-R-Z Entertainment on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have a couple of shows debuting very soon, likely by the end of the month. Uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, you can always uh, like, share, subscribe to everyone. Uh, you know, let them know that we have the best podcast. We're growing. Our audience is growing exponentially every week. And uh, it's all because of you guys, all of the den mates out there. So as always, thank you for listening to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars. And as always, deuces.